honestly, it's your old self that you're kind of just shedding behind. And then you get to meet your current self. I won't say new self because I feel like we're always evolving, but your current self. And when you are present enough to greet that person in the mirror with open arms, like the world of possibilities opens up. And I'm so grateful of that. I was able to have so much grace in that moment because I don't know that I would have been able to do it had it not been, you know, the amical, peaceful way that I'd literally been, like, praying for because it changed the entire trajectory of my life. Hi, welcome to Undefined. I am very excited to share my interview with my friend, Ariana Mag. She lives outside of Portland in an amazing, it's almost like a mini farm. It has grapes that are growing for wine and it's just beautiful. It's this beautiful little home and she lives there with her husband and her two kids. And when I was up in Portland, I spent some time there and it was just really magical. And she's just amazing, I love her. She is a human design reader, but she also works at Microsoft. So she leads these, I don't know if you call it like a double life almost. It's not like she hides one from the other, but she just leads these two very distinct careers. And I resonate with that given just my life and, you know, doing this podcast and having these types of conversations and then practicing law. So we definitely talk a little bit about that. We also talk about being a mom and rebalancing after having kids. And she gives a really helpful overview of human design, which is a modality that sort of combines astrology and the chakra system. And I mean, if you look at, you can look up your human design chart and I think it's on mybodygraph.com and it'll give you this whole chart that sort of looks like a human and there's different centers that are darkened and versus like open and there's all these lines. It's very intricate, but it's, it's really interesting. And I have really resonated with what I've learned about myself through human design. So she gives a very helpful overview of that. And we also talk about moving away to Oregon from the Bay Area and not quite living in the city. So it's a very interesting conversation. I miss her very much now that I'm back in LA. And yeah, I was just very excited to interview her. So I'm excited for all of you guys to listen to it. And I will talk to you all at the end. So I'd love to start by hearing about a defining moment in your life, like a big choice, big mistake, leap leap of faith some sort of heartache, anything really that was like a big growth moment? Oh my gosh. Okay. I know it's a big question. We're going there right off the bat. I love it. (laughs) Right away. (laughs) (laughs) No time to hide, which is good. I, I think we need to do more of that. So a big defining moment in my life was honestly breaking up with my high school sweetheart. I know it sounds like super cliche, but it... It was where I found like strength and courage and myself and also magic. <laughs> um, and it, we had been together for a really long time. Um, on and off Were you high together school. after high school too? Yep. 
on and off in high school, on and off in college. And we were two years post, post college. And um, he was coming out to visit me. We had always done the long distance thing after high school. And I just knew it wasn't right. And of course, I also knew this was the weekend he was going to propose. So I needed an eject button so fast, right? Like all the pressure was kind of building up in this moment. And I knew he had talked to both sets of families who had grown fond of each other over the years. And I knew I wouldn't just be breaking up with him as an individual, but the yeah, the families and how I grew up and how I viewed all my memories when I play them back. And so it was a lot that I was parting with and um, shedding the sense of myself that who I thought I was, but most, more importantly at the time, or what I thought was more important was who everyone else thought I was. Mm, And yeah, that was, that was probably like the harder aspect of it because I had been grappling with like, oh, what if I do this? What does this mean? Right. And I was asking that for like, what does this mean for other people as opposed to what does this mean for me? And I remember I just kept praying like, please just give me the most amicable way out. Like the most like peaceful, loving send off the most amicable way out. And that was like my mantra for the whole weekend. And I got it. And um, yeah, what happened? (laughs) I, we had some like honest conversations and um, I didn't come out and say it, but I, just like held space for it. And I think that was almost enough um, because he, he felt it too. And we had left the weekend. And when I like dropped him off at the airport, we both knew like, okay, this, this is it. And I was supposed to come home that following weekend and um, be celebrated as this engaged couple and all that stuff. (laughs) And um, we both knew. And the next day um, on the phone, He's just like, I knew it. I knew when I when I went down to my gate, like I knew it was it. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's and, so and that's a like, I mean, I for obvious reasons relate to it. And that having yeah. that like moment of clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, what what parts of yourself do you feel like belonged to everyone else that you had to give up? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think the linear timeline. I think hmm. the predictability of it all, um, because with predictability comes a sense of, I would say, false stability, right. and it um, is often overly hyped in our in our society, right? Like, oh well, sis- like stability means success, which means you got to totally. be predictable, which means like this litany of other things, which is like that's that's not me. And and that's kind of like scary and overwhelming. And that means anytime I want to break that norm, I'm doing just that. I'm breaking a norm. And who wants to be, you know, abnormal and who wants to go against the grain? And And it leads to an almost like a, it's almost like a false feeling of instability. mm -hmm. Absolutely. So with that, I was just like, uh, what does this mean? And I had, um, I still went home that weekend and I had this interview with the company that was closer to home and would have been closer to him or he would have moved out to where we were. And I remember he was supposed to pick me up for my interview and I had my parents do it. And I just like essentially 
cried, sulked. It was just like a puffy <laughs> puffer fish in the backseat of the whole yeah. car the whole way home for like hours in this car ride. And um, it was not the weekend we had all anticipated. And I didn't get the job because I was not meant to be there. And yeah, um, totally. it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, wow. Like what happens when you diverge from right. the path? that you had like worked so hard were told to work so hard for like all the stars were aligning like why how could you mess this up type of thing it's like oh this is this is where the magic happens like this is where the party resides like this is where like the beginning of the rest of your life with you at the helms this is what this looks like and after that breakup um one of my friends encouraged me to look at a different opportunity, which was going to be in New York and so fun for the summer. And that ended up being where I found my now husband. <laughs> and um, it's it's just so funny looking back and being like, wow, that, when you talk about defining moment, I know right. it sounds like, oh, you broke up with your high school sweetheart, like six years after high school. How heartbreaking. But honestly, it's your old self that you're kind of just shedding behind. And yeah. then you get to meet your current self. I won't say new self because I feel like we're always evolving, but your current self. And when you are present enough to greet that person in the mirror with open arms, like the world of possibilities opens up. And I'm so grateful that I was able to have so much grace in that moment because I don't know that I would have been able to do it had it not been, you know, the amicable, peaceful way that I'd literally been like praying for. Um <laughs> Because it changed feel, the entire trajectory of my life. Do you feel like you, like, after you broke up with him, did you already feel that magic starting to happen? Or were you sort of, like, in a place of, I don't know if regret is the right word, but sort of, like, questioning whether you made the right choice? Sure. I I felt the magic immediately. There was like this huge weight off my shoulders. And it also got me into thinking like, okay, if I can ask for this, and if it can be so easeful, maybe not without some inner tension or turmoil, but like, now that I know that those moments are only fleeting, like if I can ask for this, like what else, what other bigger, better questions can Mm -hmm. I be asking myself? And of this yeah, like life. That that's so, that's so cool that like you were opened up to that mm-hmm. after like doing something so courageous too, because the safe thing would have been to stay in that. Right. And then how did you meet your husband? So I feel we... like I know this story, but <laughs> I can't, and I, I, you know, I want everybody who's listening to know too. Yeah, Totally. <laughs> So I did this nonprofit program called Teach for America. And during the course of the summer, we have this um, program called Institute where all the teachers come to get trained and there are different hubs of Institute in major cities. And I was working the one in New York and his position was supposed to come out for honestly 48 hours to help mine because he was on staff full time and I was kind of working this summer boot camp for teachers and he was supposed to like come help out my position. Um, my team of interns, and and that was it. <laughs> and we did the whole <laughs> teenage thing and um, found ourselves staying up all night long, like talking on the phone. He was in San Francisco Bay Area and I was in New York. And we would just talk until like my sunrise came up just oh my God. endlessly about 
um, what we wanted for ourselves, what our life was like, what we would want for our future selves and intertween, like what would we want together? And he had done Teach for America also. And that was kind of like the basis of our relationship was our shared values and our hopes for the world. And then we started putting those hopes on our children. <laughs> like, oh, what would we want? Like, if we did things, what would that look like? And now that we have two boys, it's wild to think about, wow. Yeah. Like, and now you live away from a city, mm-hmm. sort of. I mean, you're yeah. close to But I'd love to hear about that decision to sort of, you know, move up to Oregon. Because I know you guys were, you were in the Bay before, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So and we yeah, moved like sort of in the country a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. So we were in the Bay Area and we'd been living there for about a year. We had just gotten married and it was getting difficult trying to see our family here. Um, I just couldn't see us growing up or raising kids there and growing up there. Um, and for me, like, I kind of have to see things. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. And um, we were putting offers on homes. And the one that we were excited about was, like, in the foothills of San Jose. And it had, like, a bigger lot. It had a chicken coop. And so it was, like, kind of <laughs> our vibe that we didn't even know was our vibe yet. And I was like, <laughs> I just love it. And we just got laughed out of the offer process um, because it was so, it was so ridiculous. Um, oh my God. There. That's and, insane. Yeah. And so we, he works at Intel and they have a placement in Oregon. So we knew we could move to relocate to Oregon. And while he still kept his job and, and I was working remotely at the time and I still am. And so that works. So when we were telling our realtor and coming up, we were saying just like, you know, we'd love like an acre or two. It'd be really nice and cozy for us to just be stewards of the land. And I see our kids playing and just running about. And um, I really see this for ourselves because, again, like I have to like kind of see things. And we toured some places. I never got that feeling of just like, this is your home. Like you'll be so heartbroken or devastated if if you don't get this home. I never got that on all the tours we did of the homes. And so we left Oregon and, um, or that home touring visit. And I was just like, I don't know. And then I had saw, I saw this log home and I didn't think <laughs> I much of it. <laughs> it was a log home, like not the typical craftsman or farmhouse that you think right. of you know, when you're daydreaming about what your home in the country will look like. Or I wasn't even committed to the country at that time either. It's just like just a bigger lot. And um, it was a log home that had a lot of acreage and um, it was, it was a little out of our price range as well. And then, so I, I saw it on the app and I didn't even mention it to Eric. And then he brought it up to me. He's like, well, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we could get this? It's like, I don't know. Um, looks like a lot of work and I feel like we'd have to go fast because now the Oregon market's so hot. It, it's nothing compared to oh, what it is now. Um, but I was like, I don't know if we could pull this off. I don't know if it'd be worth it. And, um, I got a dream last, like, that night and um essentially being told like this is your home <laughs> and so I woke oh, up wow. and I was like give them our money <laughs> like we'll figure out the rest <laughs> yeah, <we did. laughs> and I had a realtor go over there and I saw the tour on FaceTime and I had like a lot of um a lot of parallels as their realtor was going over the home with with what I was looking for and it just seemed meant to be. So we ended up getting it sight unseen and it's in wine country and 
it has taught us so much about ourselves and about nurturing others and nurturing the earth and nurturing our children and what it would take to um, really be stewards for the planet. And I am so grateful that it found us and that we took the leap of faith. Um, <laughs> based on because, a dream. Yeah, based on a dream because it's so magical. It's just so healing and restorative here. It really is. What are some of the things that you've learned? Yeah, about I yourself? learned. <laughs> um, I learned that things need consistent appreciation, mm. and um, things also appreciate with with consistent gratitude as well. But um, for instance, we have a small hobby vineyard that's about an acre, and um, the first two years we were caning, which is essentially pruning the vines ourselves. And it just, it can start off just being so daunting, but with consistently like doing an hour to two hours after work, like you just, you just work through it. And the vines show like instant gratitude as they like spring up with that heavier bulk of their weight, just kind of um, on the ground, like they had shed it, they just spring up and that like instant validation. It's like, oh, okay. Like I know it looks like we're just kind of going through the rows of shears, but the plant is responding immediately. And that's so beautiful to see. And um, just getting used to the different blooms, like some things bloom every year, some things bloom every other year. And oh, just going, yeah, and going through the woods and seeing like, oh, I, I didn't even notice we had elderberry trees here. Like, wow, <laughs> look at these beautiful elderberry trees that are like, oh my gosh, the nettles are taller than me this year. Just Oh, wow. You like constant. notice the transition in the yeah. cycle. Mm-hmm. And my two and a half year old loves the garden every day when he comes home from daycare, like, let's go check in the garden. We are the gardeners. Let's go check in the garden. <laughs> and so- um, you found any more snakes recently? Oh, all the snakes. He- <laughs> <laughs> and he he wants to play with them like he says like I love them I love the snakes and we were hiking in the gorge uh this past weekend and I had to give him a pep talk as to why we can't approach the snakes here because there are rattlesnakes and oh sure enough God. we see a snake on the trail and luckily he was in the carrier on Eric's shoulders but he got excited as he does with snakes and this snake <laughs> had like a little mouse in its in its jaws already it's like oh my oh god, my god. wow <laughs> but our snakes wild. over here like they're just i know so, they're like garden snakes yeah they're so benign and so he follows them and i tell him like you gotta give your space um they want their space to animals but you can you can talk to the snake you can tell them how much you appreciate him like <laughs> presents and stuff and he's like oh I love that snake. I miss that snake. That's I know. So I remember <laughs> when we were at your house, Jonathan was walking <laughs> around with him and he like dragged Jonathan over to where the snakes are and like made him lift up the rock. <laughs> there was like a snake inside and he was very excited about it. <laughs> yeah. We're so appreciative. Like the constant revisiting of things. I think, um, in today's like fast paced world and environment, it's, it's easy to forget that like things grow every day, but you have to like look and um, like being out in nature. Like if I, if I slow myself down long enough, like you can look and you can see the changes and you can be so grateful that you've been brought into like nature's little secret of this is how I make it possible. I do a little bit each day and yeah, um, it really, 
like closes the loop with how I think about things because I am someone who I geek out on efficiency and productivity books. And so to see like <laughs> nature, like do like this incredible stuff, I'm just like, oh my God, check her out. She's doing her 1% every day. Like, right. You know, it's like, like it's so wild. Example. Yeah. It's like the ultimate example of like calm efficiency. Absolutely. Like efficiency that's just natural and not mm. forced. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, I'm sure you you had a feeling that we were going to talk about this, but human design. And <laughs> Ariana is a human design reader, and she also works at Microsoft. So she sort of leads this double life in a sense, um, yeah. and where she has her own business. And then she also works for, you know, a really big company. And I'd love to hear about how you got started with human design. And if you can, just like a very short introduction to what human design is, because I don't think that everybody is familiar with it. And I think it's it's just like the most on point kind of system I've seen. Um, and it really, really resonates with me. Absolutely. Um, so I, after my nonprofit, um, after my time in the nonprofit sector, I transitioned over to corporate world because I wanted to see what it was like. What was the hype about? And I found myself struggling with the articulating like where my strengths lie and what my passions mm. lie because with teaching it was just so obvious and when you are in an interview trying to convince someone to hire you you have to come up with different languaging that is the vernacular of that current culture and so I quickly found myself in HR because I do love people and I love watching them develop and I love just aiding them in their journey in any way in any way possible and so I quickly became well-versed in the tools and assessments that HR uses. So the company I was working at the time was obsessed with Gallup. And the Gallup organization is the ones behind um, Clifton Strength Finders. And in fact, everyone had their five top strengths outside of their office. Mm. And it's great because it gives everyone just like a common basis to understand who they're working with and something to appreciate about them and um, just to be grateful that they're bringing these strengths to the table and also to remind you that you do have strengths you're bringing to the table. My first one is right. positivity. So <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And to, um, to anyone else, like especially in the work culture that I was in, that wasn't always the number one valued one. So while I love that system of strengths, it I found myself um, struggling, really advocating for like all the things in which I do bring to the table, and mm. um, it was it made it a little bit difficult for how I would. Um, see myself long-term there. And it also had me yearning for a more complete system where I could um, really advocate for like what I, what I can do and all, all that I'm capable of. So it launched me down this path of, okay, this system's great, but it's not complete for me. Like I know there's more missing and I can't articulate it. And this is not captured in right. what I'm, in what I'm doing. 
And um, sorry, I'm feeding the baby now, so you might hear him a little bit. Oh my god, I love that you're doing that while recording. This is like <laughs> a perfect example of just like how you do so many things. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so we played around with Myers Briggs. We um, we did the disc assessment. Like I, I've seen all these in corporate settings. Yeah, I had to but- do that at work too. Right. And there's so many. And ultimately, they're all designed to extract as much employee potential out of you as possible, which is why I didn't find it to be like super generative for me and encapsulate who I am as a person. And then um, this, of course, as it does paralleled paralleled with this uh, inner journey that I was doing with just preparing myself to become a mother and to really be the woman that I've always wanted. And Mm -hmm. in one of those rabbit holes I was in, I came across human design on a podcast. And as the woman was describing, I was like, wait, what? They can get all these details (laughs) off of just your birth chart, essentially. And um, I entered my details and uh, just like your birth date, your time yeah, and, and place in a human design calculator. And um, there are several human design calculators online. Um, and my body graph is one of them. them. Yeah. 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 You can put it in the show notes. And um, it just reveals instantly how you move about in this lifetime <laughs> in the world, <laughs> um, your strategy for really operating with the most ease Um in everything that you'd like to do and accomplish your life's purpose, your gifts. And it quantified and qualified like all of my skills in ways that I had just never seen before more than like, Oh, you're positive. It's like, okay, great. Um, what were like, like some of the things that just like resonated with you the most where you were like, wow, that is just very on point. Sure. So the first layer of human design is within your human design type. So typically when someone asks you like, what's your human design? They want to know what, what's your human design type. And there are four official types and a fifth subtype. And so um, there are generators and they're about 70% of the population and they're split up into a subtype, which is a manifesting generator and a generator. There are projectors who are about 20% of the population and um, there are manifestors who are about 9% of the population. And then there are reflectors like yourself who are about <laughs> 1% of the population. And so the biggest thing, and I can go over like what makes each one special in a moment, but the biggest thing for me was being classified as a manifesting generator because it gave me total licensing to understand that my life is not meant to be linear. Like mm. I'm meant to do all the things, like all the things, um, start books, not finish them, <laughs> um, zigzag all over, start college with one major, graduate with another, um, have a really dynamic life path that is um, kind of shaped around what I'm what I'm interested by. And as soon as yeah. I start to feel burnout, like pivot. And mm. that just gave me the ultimate licensing. <laughs> that's, yeah, that I mean, that's like what we've been talking about too, with like your sort of you know, big moment when you ended the relationship with your high school Mm -hmm. sweetheart is getting off of that linear path. And that's when you were sort of like embodying your true self in a sense. Exactly. 
Exactly. And it's not to say like, oh, manifesting generators can't have long-term relationships. It was just, I'd outgrown that. And I, I, like the old me would have tried to stay stuck and rigid when it would have just left me feeling um, really frustrated. And then that would have led to anger and um, resentment and nobody deserves that. How do you recognize when you're feeling burnt out on, on something? Mm-hmm. So with all of the four different human design types, there are signature themes. And that's here to show you like when you're feeling at your best, like it's going to look and feel like this. And mm-hmm. um, for generator types, it's satisfaction, like deep satisfaction. What satiates you? Like, what are you hungry for? And you're just like, oh, can't get enough. Feels <laughs> so good. And um, that level of euphoria shows me like, oh, I'm really embodying everything I want to right now. Everything my body is wanting right now. Meanwhile, there are not self-themes and that that's your first indicator of, okay, I'm, I'm kind of taking on some conditioning or maybe someone else's expectations, or I am working out of alignment of what I actually want in this moment. And for generator types, that looks like frustration. Hmm. So, so anytime I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, like if you and feel that, then you satisfaction know. and frustration. Interesting. Yeah. And so you'll start to feel frustrated um, for manifesting generators. It can it can reach levels or moments of or fits of anger. Um, and the other like body telling sign outside of that emotion is whenever I'm feeling tired, like I have so much energy, like boundless energy when I'm applying it to what I love to do. And if I find myself like clacking out every day, just really like exhausted and beaten Mm -hmm. down that's telling me okay slow your roll take inventory on your day where where are you making concessions and doing other things outside of what you actually want to be doing because that's that's Mm -hmm. where I need to backtrack and that's where I need to reevaluate and reassess and recognize that me taking on those things isn't some selfless sacrifice um it it's meaning that something is going to like it's it's going to cost something um and it's going to cost my energy and if it's costing me my energy and my state of like calm peace and euphoria and deep satisfaction that means that i'm dimming my light and i have less to share with others so it's actually a lose-lose and so what might be once considered like really selfish um to think about yourself in a way that's just honoring what you're available for and what you're not. Mm -hmm. It's actually the most generous thing you can do. And I love like Brene Brown and she always talks about how um, clarity (laughs) is kindness, right? Like clear is kind, unclear is unkind. And you think like, wow, like if we, like if we just get down to the brass tacks and that's it. And if we were all really clear about what we're available for and what we're not like, how many shoulders will drop without that weight of that expectation or that unspoken burden, right? Totally. Um, and like making a positive impact in the world will then become yes. more sustainable. Absolutely. For like each of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what, so I know that my not self theme as a reflector is disappointment. Mm-hmm. But what is my... What is it called? The positive one? Yeah. The self-theme? Your signature, no. your signature theme signature. is surprise. 
Oh, surprise. So, okay. As a reflector, you are 1% of the population and so precious and so dear. And we need you at the center of everything we're doing because you serve as a mirror on like the health, like a healthy gauge of, is this going well? Where where could we be fine tuning things? Because you pick up on everything, right? Like it's the basis of this podcast being completely undefined. There are nine right. centers in human design and Typically, um, anyone that's not a projector has at least two that are defined or fixed, mm-hmm. and you bring those to any situation you're in, at least two. Everyone else but reflectors. Reflectors are completely undefined. They have zero of the nine centers fixed. And um, so with anywhere that you're open or undefined, you can absorb the other. You can feel the right. other. You can amplify the other. And so anytime that you are approaching a situation um, or your day or a setting with some sort of fixed or rigidity, it's it could lead to disappointment ultimately. Right. But I think can, sometimes yeah. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say when you can allow yourself to be like fluid and yeah. remain water and understand like, okay, I am of this thing, I am not this thing, um, right? Like right. I'm, I can let it like move through me. Then you can be surprised and delighted by life as it unfolds in front of you, recognizing like this isn't this isn't me. I'm just totally. experiencing it. I think that was the thing that resonated with me the most was this idea of like I'm not supposed to be defined because I've Mm -hmm. always struggled for my whole life feeling like I don't know who I am and then like trying to figure it out and trying Mm -hmm. to label, you know, all of the different aspects of myself. But when I, I think I just like read, I, you know, pulled up my chart on my own like a couple years ago and just was reading about it. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm not supposed to be defined. (laughs) Like it's normal for me to not know who I am. And of course, like, (laughs) There are certain things like that is part of my identity, you know, like always exploring and sort of um, in a sense like changing who I am. So that in and of itself is defining. Mm -hmm. But the idea that I have to be somebody specific has always felt incredibly limiting and very frustrating. Absolutely. Because you are constantly evolving based on your environment and your lunar cycle. Right. Totally. Um, can you just give a brief overview of the other types? I think that we like sort of talked about reflector and manifesting generator, but just like really quickly reflector, I mean, projector. Yeah. Yeah. Manifestors. Sure. Yeah. Manifestors, right? Um, reflectors. Mm -hmm. So reflectors here to mirror mirror how we're doing and um hold space and and be be the truth tellers um in ways that they can't even control it literally reads all over you you can't help but tell the truth um anything other than that would be very difficult for you um which i'm sure you've experienced growing up um or in like any corporate setting right and then there are um there are projectors and they are here to be the guides and to really show us based off of their expertise, a better, smoother, 
um, way of doing things. Each projector can see the world through such a unique lens that we need them to really guide us on. And um, they're 20% of the population because they are so good at their job. (laughs) We don't need everyone to be a projector. We just need to recognize and listen to the projectors in our lives as it pertains to their expertise. And for that, they need to be invited into the conversation because we've all had someone who's thrown in their two cents unrequested and it's never worked out well, right? Even if they were right, (laughs) the timing might not have been right. And so to, to save their energy, they need to be they need to be invited into the conversation. Interesting. Then, both, of my, both my brother and my dad are projectors. Oh, really? Yeah. So can you um, think through a time, like whenever your dad gave advice and it's like, okay, cool dad, nobody asked you. And then he ended up being right, but he was like too busy being bitter because <laughs> you guys didn't take him <laughs> up on it. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I feel like, I mean, yeah, that's definitely happened, and he doesn't hesitate to share his like <laughs> thoughts and opinions and everything. Mm-hmm. But like planning a trip. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Any, yeah, that's any true. type of family endeavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, projectors are seers; they can see it. They can just be like, right. yeah, that's not going to work out well. Here's what you need to do instead." But if if no one asks, they they need to save their energy and really just keep investing in themselves and going deeper in the ways that are meaningful for them and sharpening sharpening their wisdom. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Same thing. And with then what's the last one? Ma- manifestors. And then yeah, and then there are manifestors, and so they're about the nine percent of the population, and they're here to really encourage us to have something to respond to because manifestors act on their urges, and that means. They don't like to be told what to do, and they don't like to be peppered with questions. They are here to um, be really present and available to what inspires with inspires them from within, and that mm. is what inspires all of us, the rest of us. And so, in the olden days, they were the people saying, "Like, let's we're going to go um, voyage across the ocean and just see." see how long it would take us to hit land. <laughs> or we're, like we're just going to go off and explore and, and you're either with them or you're not. And they kind of have this, um, I hate the word like repelling aura as they're often described, but I think mm-hmm. it's just because they have a really folks focused attraction aura. Like you're either, they're either your flavor or they're not. (laughs) My husband is one. (laughs) So given that context, you can kind of see like, since you've been over to our house and stuff, like how he navigates and moves about the world. Like he doesn't try to impress anyone or like put on airs. He just just, like is who he wants to be. Yep, exactly. And um, so they need the spaciousness to do that because by them doing that, it gives us something to respond to. It gives us something to reflect. It gives us something to make more efficient. Um, mm. So all the all the types really work together. And then the overall generator type or the pure generator, they're here to really bring their energy to the party. They are the sustaining life force energy. So if you have a generator on your team or in your life, when they're in the zone, wow, you really can't beat it. You just want to be around them. They're just so, um, they're just so vibrant and like, you don't even notice time passing you by. You're just so in it with them and they are here to really share that energy 
that abundance of of life force energy with with the people around them. But they have to be doing they have to be in service of what they love for that. To right. Be. Otherwise, they feel Genuine. like burnt out if they aren't doing what they love. Exactly. How do you feel like you and Eric support each other's types and and give each other the space to, you know, really move through the world in alignment with your type? So great. Um, Honestly, human design has elevated my relationship with Eric in a way I did not think was possible because it explains so much. And um, like knowing that he's a manifester, I know they, they just don't want to be bothered with questions because they need to be present for whenever their urges are going to strike. So mm-hmm. for me, that looks like at the end of the day, and now just given the state of the world, we're both working from home, but instead of being like, what do you want to do? And, da, 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 and like asking a million questions and all of that, like right at the end of the day when he probably just needs some time to himself to just unplug from the computer and just really <laughs> hone in on his own energy and maybe like go walk outside or go do a project. Um, I just let him know like, hey, I'd love to know like how your day was. And he'll be like, okay, yeah, in a minute, I'll be right back. Boom. <laughs> like just mm-hmm. like that has honestly saved so much frustration on on both ends and <laughs> um just letting him know that I'm interested and him informing me that yeah I'll, I'll let you know just let me go do this thing as opposed to me thinking like why don't you want to talk about it right now or like why yeah. are you asking one question <laughs> and like you session. wanting it right now right <laughs> yeah it's just like oh okay and um him knowing he needs to give me something to respond to because as a generator type, my strategy is to wait to respond. So mm. I need something to respond to. And so he knows not to ask me like, what do you want for dinner? That's nothing I can respond to. That's like oh, a bottomless question. Right. And um, yeah. So, same so thing it's like, like do you want life. this for dinner? Right. Like, do you like. want do you want one of our Hello Fresh meals or do you want a frozen pizza? It's like, okay, okay. yeah, let's try one of the Hello Fresh meals, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, totally. Like, give me something to actually go off of. So, just like how everyone is, how everyone can appreciate someone's love language. Right. Design is like the communication language. It's how I like to be seen and appreciated language. It's how, it's what I need to live out my my most authentic self language it's this is everything I do must have this and that element because it's part of my life's work language right like life's purpose language like it just it's so detailed and yet so freeing about where your parameters are and what they're not and what comes easy to you and what doesn't and things you like get to own and things you also get to question. It's not a religion. It's not like an ideology. It's simply a framework. And it's saying, Hey, based off the snapshot of the sky at this point in time, when you were born um, combined with a couple other things, here's, (laughs) here's what you have in your bag, right? Like don't, don't second guess that tool because you have it so readily available because you're meant to really like use it and bring it to the next level. You don't yeah. have to shore up your gaps like what we're taught in school. Like, oh, you're you are really good at English, but you're not so great at math. So let's give you more math and more math and more math. It's it's not about that anymore. It's like, wow, you're really good at English. Let's see how far you can 
push the bar, how far you can raise the bar. Like what's the, what's beyond the Olympic level of this for you? Because we don't need for you to be well-rounded. We need for you to embrace your gifts with everything you've got and, and share them. So do you feel like you bring it? That. Do you feel like you bring it into your work at Microsoft? Oh, absolutely. And, um, What's so great about my my um, manager, especially he's been at Microsoft for over thirty years. Oh wow! Typical techie, um, white, uh, hetero male, and I did a human design reading for him. It's like oh, Rich, wow. I just got to know about you. <laughs> I just we <laughs> I just got to know this about you. Um, and we often work together as like a team of two. We're currently adding on to our team, but for a long time we were just this duo. And so I wanted to understand how I can take our work to the next level and also better appreciate him, respond to his communication style and be supportive and also advocate for what I need from him as well. And we're both two manifesting generators. So we oh, need those juicy projects, but we need to be nimble as well. Right. So what does that look like with our rhythm of business and our cadence? And mm. um, how can we be supportive of when things are waxing or waning or ebbing and flowing? And um, it's, it's helped just explain so much like, um, which has just been really great. And now I love to speak to small teams outside of Microsoft. Like part of my human design business is doing offsites and workshops for small teams to work, to help them like work through seeing, appreciating, communicating and leveraging the unique and innate talents of others. Oh, cool. I'm like, Ooh, maybe I'll get like a women's group at Covington. Oh yeah. Like workshop. Yeah, I'll float that, that idea. Fun. That'd be so cool. It'd be um, so fun because it's, yeah. it's empowering to know like, oh, this is this is why I'm responding in this way. And types are just the first layer. Like your human design type just is just the first layer in how to operate. And oftentimes it's referred to as like your vehicle. And then right. there are authorities, which how you make the best decisions for yourself. Um, some people can know in an instant uh, what's the best decision for them. Other people have to talk aloud um, mm. and use a sounding board, not for other people's advice, but in order to hear themselves play it back. Other people have to write out their emotions to see what's going to give them that um, sweetness that they're craving and what's, mm. going to, what's going to last versus what's not. So there are types, authorities, your profile, which is like the numbers in your human design. When people say like, oh, I'm a four, six reflector, um, like <laughs> your profile is like your personality, um, how you accomplish things um, with ease and, and grace and the most fun in your life. So there are six numbers and they all like mean things. It's, it's phenomenal. So and then cool. there's centers and channels and gates and each of those gates are in planets and it can get overwhelming really quickly, but that's just because it's such a, such an, I know there's just so much information <laughs> in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like how much information. And when you look up your chart, it does like look overwhelming, which is why I think it's definitely helpful to get you know, a reading by somebody for sure. Um, like Ariana. <laughs> yeah, I love reading readings. Um, how, how badass they are. 
I know. It's so true. And you're so good at that. Um, how, how do you balance just like having your own human design business with, you know, working a, a full-time job at another company? Yep. Good question. So as a manifesting generator, I know that I have a lot of energy and I am replenished when I'm doing things that I love to do. Mm-hmm. So they really, my business really feeds me in a way that um, makes me a better mom, makes me a better wife, makes me a better friend, makes me a better employee at Microsoft because I have this creative outlet that's so generative. Um, yeah. And so I, I carve out time for a couple readings a week, um, whether they're on the weekends or before the workday or afterwards to really just let myself engage with others in this way and I always 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 have like a better day after reading so do you feel like you have to do you feel like you have to structure that time in order to make sure that it happens like one thing that I struggle with you know and my podcast is sort of like that although I'm like sort of getting my bank of episodes together now after being on a hiatus for several months but Um, I feel like I have to really be intentional about structuring that time and setting aside that time in order to work on it. Oh, absolutely. So for a while I was doing like, okay, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, like Tuesday, Thursdays, um, you know, at whatever block of time, like maybe it's like Mm -hmm. five to eight. um, And then like Saturday mornings, like that's when I'll allow my calendar to be open. Mm, And then I'll plan out a little bit of time for my weekly newsletter. And, um, and that was helpful. And then I also know that I cannot be too attached to things too far out in the future. So I'll allow myself to be, to be limber because that's what feels really good. I mean, you're like, you got to zig and zag and you have to allow yourself the spaciousness to do that so I won't let people like sign up for longer than three weeks out or, mm-hmm. or four weeks out and I'll, I'll change up my days as it feels right like oh you know my oldest has soccer practice Sunday mornings so let's let's change it so that I'm not available Sunday mornings I just want to have like a day in the city and go to soccer and go to brunch or go on a walk or whatever it is and just right like be like flexible with that yeah, like allow it to be as fluid as you need it to be and, and trust that the people that are meant for you are going to come through. And it's it's all, like as long as you're listening to yourself and your body um, and not overthinking things because no one makes decisions from their mind, despite right. what anyone's authority is. Um, there are over 2 billion combinations of human design possibilities and not one of them makes decisions from their mind. Like it is all felt within your body. Um, so actually listening to what your body is saying and mm. going from there, that's, that's been my game changer. I've just allowed myself to, I've allowed myself to be a compass and really listen. Yeah. That's amazing. That's something that I struggle with is like that rigidity. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have allowed myself more flexibility, you know, just more recently and over the past couple of years, but I used to be just extremely rigid and it was, you know, it just like was very detrimental to my authentic self in a sense. Um, But even like with the podcast, like sometimes I struggle with, like it's, 
I, I will have, you know, an interview set and it's, there's that other person, whoever I'm interviewing, that's like holding me accountable for being present. But in terms of like the bigger picture things, like the planning and I want to start a newsletter because I'm not on social media anymore and like that mm-hmm. stuff, it's so much harder for me to set aside that time. But then when I do set aside that time to make sure that I am flexible with it rather than like I have to do this at this time because I said I would. Right, right. And there's a couple, there's a couple, there's a couple things for that, right? Um, especially with you as a reflector. So you can look at things almost uh, quarterly or seasonally yeah. and feel good. And you can um, reach out to your guests and say like, hey, I'd, I'd love to have you on in the fall. Um, I base my podcast based off of current inspirations. And if you are open to being like really fluid, like I'll just give you, you know, I'll give you a shout on Sunday. And if you're available that week, great. And if not, that's okay too. You know, like you can keep it, you yeah. can keep it fluid and you might even find that people love that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Cause we've been in, we've been bell to bell since kindergarten. Right. Totally. And that is not conducive for how we're naturally wired. So by yeah. you approaching them in that way, like that could feel really good to them too, based off of the cycles that they have going on in their life or in their work streams. And that can also just inspire them to think differently and to work differently and you can you can set that up for anything that feels good um since you're a lunar being reflectors are are lunar beings um you can (laughs) take a look at like how does it feel to do a rough rough draft or game plan from new moon to new moon or full moon to full moon or whatever yeah whatever uh phase of the moon that is really speaking to you and um not worry about it being perfect. <laughs> yeah, and, I know. That's like the hardest part. Allowing yourself to be surprised, right? Like, right. Yeah. Like, how can I be even more surprised? Like, oh, okay. Mm. What if I do like a lottery and I just tell like five guests, like, I'd love to have you on this, this month. And then I pull them out of the hat that week and say like, okay, you know, Tiffany, are you free this week? <laughs> or like, oh, know, I love that idea. Know? whatever would make you feel the most surprised, right? Like what yeah. would it look like to be completely surprised and in awe of what can be just done on my behalf and available to me? I love that. Um, okay. So we're almost in an hour, but I want to ask you just sort of one more thing, kind of on the yeah. lines of what we were talking about, about finding balance, but about just being a mom. And I'm sure that, that has required you to be even more flexible and Mm -hmm. rebalance things and reprioritize things. And I'm just wondering how has that been for you? What have some of the like pain points and struggles been and how have you gotten through them? Yeah. Um, So becoming a mom, I feel like will change your perception of reality but the most (laughs) um the like the most tangible aspect of reality is time what is time it is such a goofy construct and um it's something to be explored for sure but i feel like it's it's made me um really trim down like what is essential and what is mm. not because you do not have time to do everything. You simply don't. Right. And um, that means like ingesting a lot of my literature on an audiobook, mm-hmm. And that means um, 
adding whatever ritual I need, like in stride, where it's just like, right. hey, can I just like do a couple <laughs> quick breaths and call it a meditation as I'm like exhaling and, um, you know, loading up like toys in the spin? Like, can I just do that <laughs> instead of like thinking I can sit on my mat for an hour or even right. half an hour? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, um, or like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, like, can my workout be like, a dance can I just groove while holding my kids to three songs and mm. call that my workout right like can I allow this to be enough and can right. I right it's like a bunch of reframing mm-hmm. like this gets to be enough this gets to be fun what's the most fun way I can do this what's the most like blissful easeful way I can do this so yeah like it's just challenged what I think time is and right what I think is good enough hmm And I think that's, I mean, what you're saying is just so valuable because it shows that it's up to us to define that absolutely, and to define like, what does a workout mean to me? You know, what, what Mm -hmm. is fun? Like, how can I reframe this to be fun? And I think so many of those things, because time, we perceive it as out of our control and not up to us. And we have to fit within the constraints of time that all of those things are also not up to us and we don't get to define them and they're defined by somebody else. So I just think it's really valuable uh, what you're saying. And I wanted to call that out because I think, yeah, it's just like, it's something that I've struggled with and like reframing those things I think is really important and and it impacts just like your overall outlook on life and like your feeling and sense of fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Right. Like, and this is another bell to bell conditioning thing that we've, that we've been experienced since since youth is just like, who makes the rules? Right. Totally. all All of adulthood is remind yourself like, oh, I make the rules. Like, I get to make the rules. What do the rules look like? What do I want the rules to look like? Do I want rules? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to be, like, very courageous to ask those questions. Yeah. And I think sometimes certain kids are more defiant against the rules. Mm -hmm. And that is disciplined. Like, kids are disciplined for not following the rules. So it just, like, creates even more conditioning. And of course, like some yes. rules are, are like, yep. you know, beneficial for just how society works as a whole, but some are very arbitrary. Yeah. Like some I remember, right, totally. But then some, it's like when you eat lunch, like, or even like meal times, like at school, it's like, well, what if you're not hungry? So then you just have no other opportunity to eat. Oh, yeah. One of my biggest things to like rebel against now is just like, um, like bathroom breaks, you know, like Mm. it's literally a sign from your body saying, Hey, we've got, we've got some maintenance to do and like having to wait whether like, Oh no, wait until I'm done with this lesson or, Oh, you got to wait until lunch or gym or snack. Like that's 
one of the first ways we betray like our own body's wisdom. Yeah, that it's like is just distrust ingrained for in us body. from the start. So it's the reason why you're like gonna oh let me just finish this email before I get up and get a drink of water. It's like no, you're clearly thirsty. Maybe the email will be better <laughs> after you drink water. You know, like right, those totally. That we just um, we don't even blab an eye out now. Yeah. Yeah, we learn to distrust our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this was amazing. I have a few quick fire questions that I'd love to ask if you're if you're down. Just like, you know, they're short and first thing that comes into your mind. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. what book are you, well, I guess I'll say what book are you listening to right now? Because I know you're a huge fan of audiobooks. <laughs> Yeah, I'm listening to The Art of Gathering um, by Priya Parker right now. It's so good. I love hosting, what is it about? as you know. And I'm going to be even a better host. Um, it's about <laughs> she, so she's amazing. She's worked within, um, like, gathering people, whether it started off, like, being based on, like, conflict, like, gathering people of different sides of the table to bring them together um, to address certain areas of conflict. And then she's just a masterful uh, gatherer. And so oh, awesome. she helps you bring intention and um, community into the spaces in which you're gathering people. So dinner party is not just a dinner party. And um, how can you introduce people so that they're not just what they do as an occupation, but actually what they contribute to their to your life? Like, how do they enrich your life and like what's the purpose for being here at this time like all together and that's so, so she cool. helps you to not just like throw things together whether it's a birthday party or a brunch or any type of celebration but really infuse purpose and intention and enjoying the result of that which is oftentimes like community and connection and love and appreciation and I just want to throw so many dinner parties now <laughs> You, I love, I mean, the one dinner party that I've been to was full of that, was full of love and intention. And yeah, it was great. Um, Okay. What was the last meal that you had? The last meal that I had um, was a bowl of peaches. I am savoring summer with Yum, I know. It's quantities of fruit. (laughs) (laughs) A big bowl of peaches and like way too many liquids. Like I have hot water with lemon because it's morning time as we're recording this and like a huge jug of water and also juice and also tons of peaches because they're so (laughs) good. Ah, it sounds so good. I'm going to miss the peaches are like my, it's the best and I'm going to miss them a lot. When you imagine your quote unquote happy place, where is it? It's right here at home. Um, It's listening to the waterfall on the pond and the boys laughing together and playing outside. It is right here at home. I love that. If you could speak to yourself 15 or 20 years ago with the knowledge you have now, what would you say? I would say, trust yourself. You're, you're so knowing. You're more right than you think. Trust yourself. I love it. I was, I just like had a feeling that you would say that. I don't know. In my mind, I was saying, trust yourself. Mm. Um, and the last one. So you're since so intuitive. We, <laughs> I 
try. I'm trying to get more intuitive. Um, since we've been talking so much about being undefined and, you know, shedding definitions, what definitions do you feel are true to you? And you can interpret this like however you want, whether it's, you know, a definition of personality or like definition of a mom or something like that. I am the joyful gatherer and the like resilient champion of people. I love that. I feel like that should be in your future book that you might write one day. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> that, would be, that would be amazing. I would read it for sure or listen to it. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, I loved it and I can't wait to – re-listen as I'm editing, but I just really appreciate you coming on. And I know we've talked about this and I just am like so grateful for our friendship and for meeting you and for Michelle for introducing us. And I'm just feel very appreciative. Oh, my absolute pleasure. It's such an honor. And I'm, yeah, I, I, you can't see it, but I'm like beaming, smiling on face because I'm just so grateful for our friendship too. And I know 1% of people are reflectors, but get yourself a reflector friend because it is the biggest gift you can give to yourself. <laughs> um, being able to see see the world through their eyes is just so beautiful and transformative. And Oh, yeah, thank I'm you. So grateful for you. Thank you. Hello uh, again. Welcome back to myself. I hope that you enjoyed my interview with Ariana. And if you ever want to book a reading with her, she is available and so amazing. I've had one with her. I'm probably due for another one, but she's awesome. Highly recommend her and just learning more about human design generally. As I've mentioned before, I do not have social media right now, so please sign up for my newsletter to hear all of the updates on this podcast. It can be found on undefinedpodcast.com. And as always, subscribe, rate, review, all of the things. I recently learned that Apple Podcasts, you can speed it up by 1.25 now, where Spotify had that, but then I switched back to Apple Podcasts and I was very excited. So not that I'm telling you to speed my voice up, but I know it's an hour and maybe you could cut it down to like 45 minutes or so. So anyway, rate, review, subscribe, and I'll talk to you next time.